0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money & Investing show. This week, as part of our Rapid Fire series, we are looking at the top five investment blunders. We've all made them from time to time. The key thing, like any mistake, is of course to learn from it. Plenty of things to take out of this. Most importantly, don't just take plenty of notes, make sure you take plenty of action. Hey guys, welcome to the Six Money Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my off and co-host, Mitchell Lorenshaw. Thanks
1: for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. Now, topic of discussion for today, we've all made them and they're called blunders. However, today, for the benefit of our listeners, we're going to head into the top five investment blunders so that our listeners can know what they are and then avoid them. A part of our rapid
0: fire series. Beautiful. Look, this sounds fun. And I think, you know, to put a precursor on that, it's okay to make mistakes. And as the old quote says, you know, the person that's never made a mistake has never really done anything. Uh, We learn so much in life by doing. I'm sure also uh, with the benefit of reflection sometimes we sort of think just, ah, oh, gee, I wish I'd approached that a bit differently. So that's really the sort of the blunder side that we're looking at. So it's by no means a, a criticism of people that have done things wrong. If you've done something wrong, let me know what T-shirt size you are. Because <laughs> there's a whole wardrobe of those. Um, but it's how you can avoid them going forward, which is the key.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, people like yourself who have been around the traps for as long as you have, have made the mistakes for the benefit of people like us and people like yep. me. Well, another
0: quote, and I don't want this to turn into a quotathon, but uh, as the, Saying goes, uh, you know, experience is a great teacher, it's a lot better and a lot cheaper when it's somebody else's. That's right. Okay, so let's get into it. What let's we let's get stuck in rapid fire series.
1: So, we're going to do a series of top five. So, top five investment blunders to kick us off. First things first, uh, what about not starting early enough? That's oh, a pretty
0: big one. Gee whiz, it is. And look, we talk about this in our book, uh, you know, The Wealth Playbook. We've also talked about this, you know, several times. Uh, through through this podcast uh, in different uh, different episodes, and the reality is, uh, you just got to get started. Uh, whenever you've made that decision, just get going. And there's nothing worse than, than than leaving it late and then having to justify in your own mind that frustration of oh, gee I should have done this before I should have done this before. I just did an event last night. I was in a, a rural town uh, in uh, uh, in New South Wales, and you know you're talking to people saying gee you know I wish I'd known about this five, 10, 20, 30 years ago, and you can't turn the clock back. That said, once you know about something, and once you've made a decision, get on and do it. It's all about taking action. And I think, you know, as Tony Robbins, another quote for you, says, you know, never leave the side of a decision without taking an action step towards it. So if you've decided uh, that you want to get into the investment space, get started. Just get started. It's about moving the needle and building momentum, and that only happens when you kick off. And you can get started small as well. And I That's think a true. lot of people forget that yeah. time is your ally. We I mean, literally yeah. had a chapter on this in your book, as you say. I, I, exactly right, and uh, unfortunately we carry an expectation, or a lot of people do carry this expectation, which is which is a poison chalice. And it's about, you know, setting the bar high. And it's good to have high standards. And it's about okay, when this happens and when this happens and then when this happens I'll get started. I've got to wait for perfection. And you know, perfection very, very rarely Exists. Uh, you've just got to accept what it is and get cracking with it. And you can always wait for the next thing to be the confirmation before you maybe might think about getting started. If the wind's not blowing in the direction uh, that you want, and you're stood on one leg or whatever the excuse might be. Yeah. And again, you know, excuses. Uh, uh, you've just got to shoot them uh, and get rid of them straight away. You know, now's not the right time. Well, when is the right time? There's there's never a perfect time. The best time to start was yesterday, if not the day before. So you just got to get cracking, get your money working for you, get compounding happening, obliterate excuses, and just be absolutely wholesomely focused on just not accepting an excuse and actually only accepting action steps that take you towards your goal. Because every day, you're not taking a step towards your goal. You're actually taking a step further away because you don't get that time back. So just get started. Get started as soon as you can. I was fortunate uh, with my stock market investing. I started in my teens. Uh, In my property investing, I started in my early 20s. And I kind of kicked myself that I could have started earlier, I probably couldn't, but my expectation on myself is, oh gee, I should have done that even earlier, because then things would have worked even even more from a compounding perspective. You know, it's going pretty well, but you could always sort of grade yourself, oh, I could have done that a bit better or started <laughs> earlier. You know, so where you're sucking on the bottle or uh, or being burped by your parents, oh, I should be starting in properties probably a bit early. But uh, yeah, you gotta get cracking, that's for sure. That's right. Message is
1: clear on that one. Now it's one thing to get started, but getting started and not knowing what you're doing is one of the biggest mistakes that we've yep. seen so many of our now clients have made in the past so
0: number two not getting educated Hundred percent. The the quote, lots of quotes in this one, isn't it? Quotathon and it analogies. Is, it is analogies, quotathons, and uh, and hopefully some substance around that. But yeah, the, the reality is the best investment you'll ever make is in your education, um, because knowing what to do and when to do it is key, and education is a, a massive, massive part of that. And there's so much you can learn by experience uh, by actually getting started and and, and getting that firsthand anecdote or runs on the board of what to do, what not to do. But getting some specialist training to assist you in that journey and maybe learning not to tread on the landmines. You know, you think about crossing a landmine field, a minefield which, you know, investing can be for a lot of people. The safest way of crossing a minefield is to walk in the footsteps of someone that's previously done it. And if there's someone that can educate you on the pitfalls and mistakes that they've made so that you don't make them, and teach you an easier way. That's not to denigrate your own personal experience. You still need to get experience for yourself, but avoiding some of those rookie errors are crucial. Uh, you know, if you think about the stock market, and my, my first hit out in the stock market, well documented, I know, uh, was a disaster. I lost all my money, it didn't put me off. I made sure I got educated, and, and look where it's led me. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you, uh, there are certain things that you can look out for. Uh, you know, we see people start, you know, I'll open a broking account chuck some money in, which I hate that term. Yeah, to me in, too. Throw some money at, yeah. the guy Throws at gym, money, yeah. the, guy the gym, oh, I'm going to throw some money at you. throw it at that, you might as well throw it in the bin. You've got to be a yeah. little bit more deliberate in what you're doing. Um, you know, I'm going to throw some money at this and give it a go and learn as I go along. And the only challenge with that is you will lose money. And unless you're very fortunate with your market timing, and you won't actually know what you did wrong to lose that money other than the stock market's a bad place. Whereas if you'd taken a little bit of time to upskill and maybe learn a bit about analysis or how news flow influences markets or, or, or dividends and the impact they have, or strategies like covered calls or whatever it may be, you would have tilted the odds you know, significantly more in your favor. The way up then comes, we think, well, you know, we, we have a, a, an education company, and yes, it's a premium business, you pay for the service that that company provides. And, and oftentimes, you'll see people that have got you know, substantial portfolios, you know, million dollars plus uh, of stocks and other assets and different things like that, oh, I don't want to pay for education. And it's like, okay, well, if you could learn one thing, like for example, how to use a stop loss or how to buy a put option to insure your shares on a million dollar portfolio if that saves you from you know a covid type correction of 25 30% or a gfc 35% or a september 11 uh, you know 40% dump um, what's it worth grand. to you what's it worth to you what would you pay to learn the skill to avoid that pain you know, and it's financial panadol being educated because it helps you avoid the pain that you'll otherwise have. So certainly getting educated in that way. If we talk about property, uh, looking through a, a, a slightly different lens, again, you know, buying things in the right entity right at the get go, because if, if you buy a property and, you know, median price in Queensland's about, what, 800,000, or think? Yeah, 850, I think, roughly. 850, eight, 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 eight we'll call it 800 just to keep the maths easy. you got me straight off the plane, so I'm not, uh, not quite as uh, sharp as I'd like to be. I've sort of blocked ears at the moment. Um, So, 800 grand. Let's say there's stamp. uh, Let's say you decide this is in the wrong entity and I need to move it, and you've got to pay stamp duty on that 800,000. That's going to cost you what a two percent, 16 grand of stamp duty, at least. Yeah, Uh, if it's three percent, there's 24 grand depending on what state you're in. Um, and and you look at that and you go, well, okay, if I'd have maybe taken on board a couple of thousand dollars of advice, professional advice, or or education on how to make sure I buy my property the right way versus paying stamp duty. It makes no sense, but people don't see that. They see a cost when it comes to education as opposed to an investment. So can't stress it enough, as someone that's been at the front line of financial education in Australia now for, what, 24 years, get started, get educated are the two key things, and do not scrimp on your education. It will save you thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions down the line.
1: Beautiful. Well said, AB. Moving forward now, number three. Now, we know getting started and getting educated is important. What about number three is actually not having a game plan a Mm -hmm. lot of people any road will take them nowhere right they just jump in they've got a quote thank you a lot of quotes i got it off someone who i I really respect come on that's right i'll I'll, I'll get them in there don't worry (laughs) so not having a game plan
0: um you know that can be very costly absolutely you've got to know where you want to get to and you know the analogy i've used plenty of times in the past is you imagine if you're at a, a park or a new city and you've got the big board which is the map of the park that you're in and there's a red circle that says you are here that's great uh, but if you don't know where you're getting, where you want to get to, it's pretty useless. It just tells you where you are right now. Uh, you need to know where you want to get to, and then you can choose the route uh, that's likely to get you there in, in, in the right way. And, and, and you know, and I use this example. I think I was in the states a little while ago. So you know, imagine if you you're in New York and you need to get to a particular place. Happened to me over Christmas mm-hmm. in Central well, you Park. There, exactly right. So here you are, you're there at you know Columbus Circle, you're in Central Park, you want to get to the other side, you're maybe you're going to the Guggenheim or something on the on the on the uh up east there, And you go, Okay, I need to get there. How am I going to get there? Well, it's not just a question of drawing a red line across and go, That's the straight line, because number one, it's probably going to take you across the ice rink, which you can't really do. But number two, uh, depending on the time of day that you're doing it, it might be getting dark, in which case walking across Central Park in the middle of the winter at night is probably not The smartest decision to make, you know, crime is on the rise in New York at the moment. So, uh, a different route to get you there would be, given the fact that it's now nighttime, would be to walk around the outside of the park. Far safer, more people, more lights. Um, It might be that if you're totally risk averse and not good at navigating, getting into an Uber that drops you at the door might be a far better way for you to get from A to B. Or it might be, which I've done in my time, maybe you're a little bit more spirited and you're going across the basketball court, certainly you want to shoot some hoops with some locals and (laughs) hang out and have a great war story to talk about. That might be the path you take. The bottom line is the destination is the same, but the way you get there is very different depending on what your personal attributes are. And in the investment world, Uh, that's all about understanding particularly risk because you can get to the same destination but there are risky or less risky ways of getting there so you have to have a game plan part of which is to understand what your tolerance to risk actually is. Very, very, very important. Now that game plan will change over time too. It will evolve and as you start to kick goals which we've Gee, we've talked about plenty of times. Every January, we do a great session. We're going to say we're up to number four, coming up to number five now, I would go. say, wouldn't we? Yeah, we'll be a fifth year of doing that now for people. Um, those goals need to be revised. As you kick them, you want to set yourself another stretch goal so you can grow even more. And so you need to move that plan along. Uh, and, and if it's based on experience that you've gained and education that you've been taught and then started to apply to give you more confidence and experience, those goals will get bigger. And so the game plan needs to evolve in order to accommodate that. So having a game plan is crucial you can't float on the wind and hope it's going to drop you where you want to get to it's just not the way to get there speaking of game
1: plans ab one mistake that i've seen come to mind is number four here for us on the rapid fire would be being too one eyed hmm. having a preference and maybe sticking to that family influence potentially
0: in there yeah look this is a a really difficult juxtaposition for people in that um If you've got a particular skill set and you're good at doing something, you're probably going to dollarise it well. You know, that's the typical, if you read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, you know, what are you good at, um, what do you enjoy doing, and what can you make money at? And if those three things overlap, there's your your business plan. So that may lead you down a particular pathway. And as you say, that can sometimes be influenced by family or friends. Oh, we're a property family. That's the the, desti- uh, the, the the dynasty we've created. We've always done property. Yeah, or it could be stock market related, or it could be in today's world, you know, online e-com. It could be a whole raft of different things, so that's our thing. Uh, and that can be very, very handy, and it's good to have that expertise, but it's also pretty important to, um, to diversify, to reduce risk. Now. I'm a big fan uh, uh, of saying if you've, you know, stick to what you're good at, don't try and be a good all-rounder, be an expert, that's how you make great money. So if I put that coach's hat on for a moment and say, look, if you want to make great money, stick to what you're an expert at because that's likely, you know, inch wide, mile deep, that's where you're going to make your dough. The flip side of that argument is that there are reasons from time to time that you do want to be able to diversify out of what you're doing. Um, you know, one of our clients, I think of say Torb down in Adelaide, for example, has been very property heavy and is now increasing his exposure to the stock market. He's done very well from property. He's a smart guy. He's a great guy too. So it's good to see that level of success, but it's also good to see that diversification uh, coming in. Uh, We've got another client who's coming in with a pretty heavy sum of money, as you know, uh, over the next couple of weeks where his business is his area of expertise is better at it than anybody in the country, I would say. That's why he's made the money he has. And he's starting to port some of those funds into other stuff that we're doing here to give himself some diversification.
1: So, sorry, um,
0: Amy, just to stop you, the question
1: for mm-hmm. someone out there who may have, have a particular skill set in one area mm-hmm. but wants to diversify into yeah. other areas is it a matter of outsourcing the decision-making or at least the advice?
0: The challenge is where it becomes hard, and I think in the early days you need to outsource and you do need to get advice or you go back to ground zero or work out what you want and get educated so that you're not approaching it with the same level of uh, expectation. You know, you see that if you're good at something and you start something new, you expect to be coming in at that level straight away. It's very, very hard to start at ground floor and, and build up again. It is important to do that, however, and I think getting external um, counsel Certainly helps with that, and you know we run our service um, um, through um, through our financial advisory stuff, and uh, uh, my money advisor, uh, where we have um, you know um, you, your money advisor, or your money coach to assist you on that journey, and and specifically the sorts of things that might be there is that ability. Look, I'll lead the way, you follow as you build your experience up, and they die, 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 take you down that pathway. They need to be an expert in their field. That's the, the crucial thing, I think, to follow. Now you may argue, no, I'm going to stick to what I do best, and uh, and that's okay, but there are plenty of examples. Uh, through, through history of people that have stuck to the knitting as to this is what we do and this is what we only do. I'll give you two examples of this. One is Fairfax as a family, which you know pretty much has uh, gone from being one of the wealthiest families in Australia to, to no longer being in that position, still very wealthy, but nothing by comparison, because they were in a very narrow channel uh, with their business. Uh, they didn't want to go digital, for example, because they didn't want to cannibalize their printed business. Uh, and along come things like, you know, uh, realestate.com, car sales, which obviously was a, a packer-backed uh, business, uh, or, 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 or Seek, as opposed to looking at the careers section of the newspaper. We don't want to damage our classified, so we won't go online. And those businesses, are, you know, multiples of what the Fairfax empire was. On the other side of the coin, you can also look at companies like Kodak, which invented you know, photography to all intents and purposes and didn't and in fact they a digital photography, but didn't want to move into that place because they didn't want to cannibalize their film business and developing and all that different stuff. Uh, and, and now it's effectively bank or was bankrupt it's come out of that now, of course. So yeah, that's an example where you're doggedly in your channel and refuse to accept there are other things out there. So you do have to diversify your thinking and look for new opportunities to spread risk. And I think also from your own personal perspective to keep growing, because, you know, another quote for you, take it to six one. Yeah, if you're not growing, you're dead. Absolutely. Couldn't have said <laughs> it better
1: myself. Forward thinking, moving yeah. along, innovating is, is very important. 100% last one for you, A, B, and this is, might be a little specific, although mm-hmm. many people do make this mistake. We see this all the time. No money maintenance plan. Mm-hmm. What does that mean and how do you avoid it? Yeah, look-
0: There's a level of stewardship that's required with bunny, and this isn't just about the mega wealthy, it's what you need to do at every stage, and and it's to tend the garden. So you may have planted a beautiful garden, you go, here we go, I've watered it, off it goes. You still gotta get out there and weed, you still gotta get out there and prune and do all of the different things from a maintenance perspective, and money is no different. So, um, yeah, we talk about this very specifically in the book, in the uh, the playbook, uh, very, very specifically uh, that there are tasks that are annual tasks. There are tasks that are quarterly. Some are monthly, and some are more regular than that. So, an example of an annual task might be looking at your um, finance uh, from a property perspective, where you might be to refinance at a cheaper rate. And, you know, there's a lot of work for that, but if you've got you know half a dozen properties, yeah, that's a five six million dollar property portfolio, and if they're pretty geared up, um, which most investment properties typically are, that's a yeah you know, a three and a half four and a half million dollar loan book. If you can save half a percent interest on that by going to uh, uh, get it refinanced. That's a huge saving.
1: we should do an episode on property blunders, the top fives, there you go. Only
0: five. I've done a few more than that. Uh, yes. We'll try and keep it into
1: five. Sorry to take you off track, but I reckon that
0: will be a good episode. Let's okay, do that, Okay, well, Let's see what we can. This is rapid fire, so we're open to suggestions too from our, uh, our audience if you have stuff you want us to cover. So, yeah, going back to that, um, yeah, so a good example of that would be you know looking at your finance over the course of year, reviewing your life insurance. Uh, again, is it enough? Is it not enough? Those sorts of things are important. Quarterly, there are other things. You know, budgets, for example, is a monthly job, making sure you're staying on track with your budget. Uh, quarterly might be where you're reviewing the performance of your stock market portfolio or your self-managed super, for example. So doing these at regular intervals through the year, help ensure that things touch down where you want them to. We talked earlier about having a game plan. You might set the game plan out, but if you don't spend time monitoring and making sure the action steps, because you got started, this actually brings it all together. Um, you know, uh, your maintenance is making sure that you're on track with your action steps, that the game plan you've got is evolving to deal with what's going on, uh, you're learning as you go along, and one of those things to learn is to make sure you keep maintaining the thing and, and keep it driving forward. So it's a very, very important. It's not set and forget. You've got to keep tending this. and you know, Money dates with your partner is also a very good thing to do, which we talk about again in the Wealth Playbook. The, 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 these are core skills to have. Not doing them, because let's face it in life, I'm going to take this to 7-1 from a quote, the easiest thing to do is to do nothing and help things change. it doesn't work. You have to be affirmative with this stuff. And it's not becoming, you don't have to be obsessive about it, but you do have to pay attention. And I think, you know, that's what most people fall, uh, fall asleep in the getaway car. They get all this stuff set up and they don't watch it closely enough. And as a consequence, it, it doesn't land where they want them to be. And that's a real shame. And that's a real blunder in itself. So money maintenance, very, very important.
1: Seven to one, as you said, AB. Rapid fire. I think we did covered off plenty of substance amidst <laughs> those quotes. Thank you very much for today. My pleasure anytime, Mitch. There you have it, guys. Give us a review and a rating. And we'll look forward to hosting you next week.